Hello, listeners. This is your host and Game Master, Kat. This week, we're running our last character preview session for Disaster Lesbians with Emma, so you'll get to meet their character, Bev. I know you're probably looking forward to the last couple of episodes of The Same Coin, and I'm sorry we couldn't get you that today. We're still in the process of figuring out how to adapt our recording schedule to Emma's new work schedule, and it's left us in a bit of a recording lurch. I'll keep you up to date when we're geared up to get back into things for The Same Coin, But for now, I hope this character preview and a few upcoming one-shots will keep you just as entertained. We are really excited to get started with Disaster Lesbian's Guide to the Apocalypse, so please enjoy this Emma-full character preview. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can tell someone about the show. We thrive on word of mouth, and our goofy brand of weird is the perfect thing to recommend your friends, your polycule, your found family, your biological family, or a bartender who suggests that maybe your hard partying lifestyle might not be healthy. We're fans of good pods for their really neat shareability features, but whatever you prefer works for us. If you do leave a review, let us know via tweet or Tumblr message, and you'll get a shout out on the show. You can also support us by visiting patreon.com slash media. As we shift over to Disaster Lesbian's Guide to the Apocalypse, Patreon content will start becoming a regular thing once again, since we'll be able to actually, you know, the legally promote and do things with our Patreon. So now is a good time to get in, catch up on all of the content that's still in the backlog, and then swing back around for when we're ready to gear up with more exciting one-shots. With all that said, I'll throw it over to past me and Emma so we can get to the episode. Welcome to this week's very special episode of the Disaster Lesbian's Guide to the Apocalypse Preview. I'm joined this week by Emma. Hi, I'm Emma. Welcome to the episode. We're joined this week by Emma Wiggle. 
from the Wiggles. Um, Quick, do an Australian accent. Crikey. Okay, uh, we're recasting the role of Emma Wiggle. I'm sorry. Okay, good. That's not what I auditioned for in, in the first place. <laughs> um, as with the last two sessions, we are going to be playing Session Zero by Megan Cross, uh, including using the Session Zero expansion questions. And uh, to make that work... And to enable us to continue to use the original four suits, we're playing with a deck of Illimat cards. Yay! Yay. Thank you, Together Studios. Yes. Thank you to Together Studios for uh, making a deck of cards that has five suits. And the Decemberists. Um, and also, uh, James thank DeMato you to the game of Punk. Euchre. Oh, yeah. Uh, although... I personally am a bit more of a whist girl than a euchre girl, but any trick-taking game will suffice. I particularly enjoy Regency period parlor games, but that's because I'm a weirdo little freak. Anyway, um, so Kat, let's, <laughs> yes. are you going to explain how we do session zero in this episode, or are we expecting our listeners to know it already? Well, uh, usually they'll have heard the first two episodes, but since this is your first time playing Session Zero, uh, the how-to play is using either the Session Zero cards or a standard deck of playing cards, Joker's Removed. In this case, we're doing neither. We're using the Illimat cards. Separate the four, in this case five, suits, shuffle them, and place them face down into different piles. Draw a hand of five cards with at least one card from each pile. Hearts, which we have represented by the suit of winter, represent happiness. Clubs are the suit of bonds, for that we're using fall. Spades are the suit of sadness, which will be our spring suit. Uh, diamonds are the suit of character, which we have represented by summer. And we'll be using the expansion questions for beliefs and views, which Megan Cross has so very kindly decided to represent with a watermark of a star in the PDF. So, stars will be beliefs and views. Almost as if it was intentional. It wasn't. But almost. I, I imagine, but almost. So, I have five cards drawn for the initial hand. Uh, would you like me to shuffle them and select them at random, or would you like to pick one, two, three, four, or five? Let's shuffle them. Okay, uh, so why don't you give us a very basic overview of your character concept before we get started? That's just like name. Oh, you're gonna have to playbook. make me remember to the discussion we had this morning and beyond. I mean, we've been having this discussion for literally <laughs> like a year. <laughs> literally, like a year. Um. Yeah. So. I will be playing um, Bev, which is short for beverage, um, and <laughs> okay. formerly short for Beverly. Um, Bev is a non-binary gender fuck person who has now transitioned twice and come out three times, first as bi, then as trans, then as non-binary, um, when beverage was deciding on a name initially um they were like hey i like dr beverly crusher i'll use beverly when they came out as non-binary later they 
had been going by Bev for a while and were making jokes that it was short for beverage. And so that kind of just stuck. And now she goes by Bev or beverage. That's fun. Um, so what are Bev's pronouns? I guess if you have to. It's <laughs> okay, so full like full, like like I guess if you like have if to, somebody full asks, stop. I, if somebody asks what Bev's pronouns are, he will respond saying, "I guess if you have to." In which case, that is functionally a use shrug whatever emoji pronouns, pronouns, dude. Is, is I don't, that what I don't are, really you are you saying? Are you saying? Are you saying shrug emoji pronouns? No. <laughs> Definitively no, just because I want to maintain some separation from my (laughs) self-insert character. Sure. Um, It's functionally a, I don't care, dude. Just use whatever pronouns you fucking want. So, like, basically any pronouns is fine. Where that differs from me is I accept pronouns. Is It's like... Like, I actively accept any pronouns that you offer to me as long as it's with respect. Whereas Bev is like, I don't give a shit, dude. So it's... It's the active versus passive on the receiving of pronouns. I follow. For you, it's more of a... It's an intention. All pronouns affirm me versus Bev where it's a... I don't All pronouns are just there for the sake of grammar. Yeah, exactly. We need pronouns to function in grammar. Therefore, whatever. I don't care. Okay, that that's cool. Um, so <laughs> what playbook will you be using? I will be playing the mundane. Okay, that that that's that's fun. Um, do you want to give me a like sort of general character concept that made you lean towards the mundane? So here's the thing about me, Emma. I don't have a lot of experience in the genre of Monster of the Week, the game that we are playing. Um. I personally feel like a bit of a fish out of water. Mm -hmm. I think that is perfect for Bev because uh, Z is essentially a fish out of water as a mundane person exploring this new world of the supernatural and the phenomenological. Um, So I use that in the sense of like supernatural phenomenon. I understand that that was the wrong word. And as I was saying it, I'm like, that's the wrong word, but it's coming out of my mouth anyway. (laughs) Okay. I won't, I won't explain phenomenology to you. You can, you can, you can, uh, I'll tuck my philosophy degree back into my pocket and not explain phenomenology of mind. Put it back in your pants, cat. Um, (laughs) so yeah. So Bev is, Bev is a fish out of water, just like I am. Only in the sense that because they have already, like, come out three times, they have transitioned twice, they are kind of used to exploring unknown and unfamiliar territory. So it's not as big of a shock being introduced to the supernatural communities and, you know, stuff. Yeah, I I think, like... um. I don't want to try to put words to your character, but I think, like, inherently their queerness sort of informs learning to be accepting of all identities, even if it's not one that you personally understand, kind of makes it easier to be cool with a werewolf or whatever. I think I want to reframe that a little bit. Less so learning about new identities and more 
having gone through the process of adopting new identities personally mm-hmm. has opened her to the concept that there are there are other identities and having been around the communities for a little bit not in any like she hasn't been overly super active in the communities but she Mm -hmm. has been around them so they have kind of picked up by osmosis so it makes it easier to explore newer identities and you know just the fact that there are werewolves or you know vampires etc it's like oh yeah i guess that makes sense that's cool right so like uh, there's less of a journey to acceptance basically exactly Okay. The acceptance comes easy because of past experience. That makes a lot of sense, and I like that for a mundane character. Uh, so, with all that kind of established, let's dive right in with our first card. Our first card up is the Eight of Clubs. Um, so this is a little bit fantasy-driven. Early in your travels, a barkeeper once offered important information. Why did you need their assistance? What information do they provide you? Did it come at a cost? Who can we substitute for barkeeper? I mean, it literally could be It could be, be a, a barkeeper, but I... So, um, where is Bev from? We said Jersey City, right? Yeah, we did say Jersey City originally, but I want to see... Is that something you still want to go with? Yeah, yeah. Jersey City works for me. So, Jersey City. Bev is from Jersey City. Get a clean take. So I can tell you that there are a lot of really good bars in Jersey City. A lot of, there's like, maybe not so many queer bars, but you're also a path train away from Midtown. Sure, yeah. No, I'm thinking, um, I'm just thinking about. But it could also be someone sort of bartender adjacent, which is to say like. a Yeah, like a, like a barber or like. Yeah, some like a something like someone that. who like works at like a uh like someone who owns like a small queer bookstore or something like that. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of opportunity so, for Where do I want to start with this? Why did I need their assistance? What information did they provide to you? Did it come at a cost? I want to start with why did I need their assistance? I guess the question is, does this event take place before or after your introduction to the supernatural? definitely before i think i think i want to come in kind of like first episode i want to be like dropped in the middle of it okay so all of these questions are assuming this is before this is all going to be before exposure to the supernatural okay i like that that'll give us a good hook for our first adventure too yes um i want to say that this advice came to me right around like first transition time um like mm-hmm. bev had just broken up with their ex and their life was kind of like they were just like a listless hurricane just going about doing everything and anything that they could do like very much sort of a fill the gap with sensation a little bit more of like a i have no yeah yeah like i think i think that's a good way of putting it like there's a lot of emotions happening and a lot of thoughts around identity happening Mm -hmm. and just in order to cope with all of it bev was like going out to bars like clubs with his friends you know 
occasionally presenting in a new way that she hadn't before. Right. Like, sort of, like, slowly pushing boundaries in public. Exactly. For what yeah. their comfort was, rather than, like, not, not, like... Pushing their comfort level because they needed to grow, right? Like, they needed mm-hmm. they needed to work on themselves. So, with that context, I think it relates... I think they didn't know they needed the assistance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but... After having had multiple encounters with this same bartender mm-hmm. and doing the same kind of risky patterns over and over, I think the reason they needed the assistance is because they were going to burn themselves out very quickly if they kept it up with where they were going. Be it like physical energy burnout, you know, taking on gradually riskier behaviors until you like get into something really bad. Mm-hmm. Um Stuff like that. Yeah, like very the very particular sort of sensation-seeking behavior that can start to lead to, like, addiction and stuff like that. Yeah, or, you know... Not necessarily, like... Unsafe sex. Um, yeah. You know, risky adventure-seeking. Not just, like, bungee jumping, but, like, like you know, construction site urbex. Exactly. That's exactly it. Right, like bungee jumping is sort of a bungee jumping is a controlled safe and thrill seeking. Safe thrill seeking. Well, safer. It is a it is a thrill seeking that can be monetized with relatively little liability. Right, versus versus construction site urbex, which absolutely is not a safe activity. Yes. So, uh, what information did they provide to you, or was it just a hold on there, cowgirl, pump the brakes? I have a feeling that's basically what it was. Hold on there, cowgirl, pump the brakes feels like. For some reason or other, this yeah. is a, a like cowboy-themed a... gay bar in my head. <laughs> um, and with the identity Sweet. exploration, maybe getting called cowgirl is like that affirmation that... That, Bev, feels, that feels nice. Bev, like, Bev was like, cowgirl? But I'm a boy. Well, I think at this point... I, no, Bev at this is, point, they... Bev is very, very clearly starting to explore yes. its identity. Um, but having that specifically acknowledged is like, whoa, huh. Yeah, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Kind of feels weird with the cowgirl part, but yeah, the girl part is good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I imagine this bartender to be a, like like an older bear someone who's been around the scene long enough to know what someone who's on a self-destructive path looks like i agree i'm picturing like late 30s trans femme dyke gotcha so this is someone who's coming to you from experience yes uh i mean either way they're coming from experience but like very Um, specific i would ask then um do you have a name for this character is is this is this person someone who continued to be a part of Bev's life, or was she a comet of Comet Down that passed by and never entered again? I have a feeling she was definitely like a very abrupt, like. So before we get to that, it came at a cost. Um, having that like whoa, pump pump the brakes there, cowgirl, kind of like made Bev back out a lot of 
back out of a lot of like social activity that they had been doing at the time. So like it impacted their relationships with their friends and I kind of I understand definitely the desire to like particularly when a lot of your social activities are ones that are part of this sort of semi self-destructive path when you realize you need to step back from that sometimes that can cost you relationships yeah so as a result of that she kind of like faded out of the scene Mm -hmm. and didn't really have much interaction with her again but I think the bartender is still there, right? Like, I know, I like, I need a name for her. Rita, Angela, Monica. Stop it. What? You're just doing Mambo number five. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yes. Yeah, that's not untrue. But, like, I'm just trying to get the juices flowing and... It just so happens that the hat man is a great place to get started. <laughs> um, Sophia. Sophia or just Sophie? Sophia. Okay. S-O-F-I-Y-A. Cool. Okay. I So, like, you saw Sophia, like, maybe one or two more times after that, but I really like the idea of someone with a profound influence on your life who is only there for a short time. I honestly, I'm not even sure one or two more times. I think like that, I think something happens that night and it does, we don't have to like necessarily like establish what that is now, but I think, I think something happened that night where like Bev was going to get into some serious, serious trouble, like life threatening trouble. And Sophia like intervened and just like, that was a complete wake up call Right. To the point where, like, Bev just dropped out of that entire circle. Um, yeah, I like I like that okay. conceptually. Yeah, I guess then, like, Sophia doesn't have any idea how profound their effect was. Yeah. And she's just kind of... There's maybe some part of her where she thinks about you every once in a while and says, hope she's doing all right. Yeah, and, like, maybe for, like, a little while after the incident, she was like, oh, God, is she, like, is she alive? Did Mm -hmm. she do the, like, did she follow my advice? Yeah. Okay. Our next card up, then, is Six of Diamonds. There's always something. What's your biggest regret? What leaves you unable, what about it leaves you unable to move on? Are there circumstances in which you could forgive yourself? My biggest regret is not saying goodbye to somebody who I was very close to. Mm -hmm. Or, like, not being able to say goodbye and not being able to, you know, like, falling out of their life before they got a they got the chance to like really meet bev so the biggest your biggest regret is sort of not having gotten your shit together in time for someone to have been a part of your life having met you as you define yourself no mm, it's close um it's more that there was a period where like separate from the like risky behaviors thing mm-hmm. bev just kind of dropped off the face of the earth like from like her entire friend group mm-hmm. like it, it was that like post high school everyone's going away to college and you know everyone's doing new things with their lives 
let's keep up, but nobody ever does kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, Bev didn't go anywhere. So, like, they were just kind of stuck with, like, a very small handful of friends. Yeah, and, like, even then, those social circles become strained because, like, you know, one of those friends maybe is going to, like, NYU or something like that. Still lives I mean, at home. That's, like, compared to New Jersey, that's around the corner, right? Right, they still live at home. But, like, you, you know, there's a, a lot of fundamental changes happen when people go away to college. Exactly, yeah. So and like, even if they were still local... They're still going to college, and that's still a major shift in the, the dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, somebody who was a significant part of Bev's life before... um. My brain just, like, reset. Um, somebody who was a significant part of Bev's life before transition, just they they completely fell out of their life, and mm-hmm. they never really got to say, they never really got to, like, introduce themselves before that person, like, very suddenly and unexpectedly passed away. Gotcha. Not, like, explicitly not suicide, um, but, like, very unexpected and severe health problems uh what about it leaves you unable to move on i think it's that there's no chance to make good on it is there's no yeah there, it's there's no chance to introduce bev self bev self <laughs> exactly um bev bev pronouns what's up get at me it's um, uh, bev 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 self Bev, 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 that's, self. That's also noun self pronouns is typically what that's, or name self, uh, uh, yeah, noun self pronouns. Are there circumstances in which you could forgive yourself? The only circumstance I could forgive myself? I don't know I don't that think I there are. necessarily agree with the phrasing of this question, because is this a situation where you are feeling like you need forgiveness that there needs to be some sort of teshuva or is it i just uh i wish i could have done this i just i don't think there is a situation where bev could forgive himself for for basically completely falling out of this person's life and when given the opportunity not be able to get back in like that's the big one like there was a there was an opportunity a relatively small one that they didn't or couldn't take mm-hmm. unclear of which at this point in time so and as a result never got to get to know Beth. right it's that it's that second however brief opportunity that is the regret the yes. that's where that's where the regrets that's so. where the um not just regret but like um feeling of having wronged themselves something that needs just to, to be, be clear, forgiven rather just to be than... clear wronged that person right like i don't think bev feels like so it, the feeling wronged is more himself than... he wronged their friend by not coming back into their life during that like brief during window. that brief window okay um yeah that's something for us to explore potentially down the line uh, would you like to move on to the next question? Let's go back to the last one while this one is still fresh in my head. Okay. You cannot let go of what you consider your greatest failure. What did you fail at? Who is affected by it? And why can't you let go? I think if we were to do this one again, it would just be the same thing. Yeah, so this feels maybe a little redundant yeah, given so the context can, of the previous question. Yeah, we can choose another spade. Um, 
we'll circle back to that. We'll circle back I'm just going to gonna that. draw another array of five after this. Okay, so this one's a much kinder question. Two of hearts. A certain sound always makes you smile. What sound is it? How did it come to be of comfort to you? Is it something you still hear now that you've begun to travel? Could it be a funny station announcement or something like that on transit? Could it be... I'm just throwing ideas out there for you to say yes or no to. Um, or to seed ideas with you. I don't think so. I'm not a huge fan of this one. No, I, okay. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna also suggest po- the possibility of it being. I was gonna suggest the possibility of it being like the sound of someone throwing up on the Staten Island ferry. <laughs> That's kind of silly. Yeah, um, it doesn't need. Not everything about this needs to be serious. Like, but there's a very particular because the Staten Island ferry is a short ride that serves alcohol. Yeah could also be like a local band like it very genuinely could be something like bus announcements or whatever you know like there's something comforting and homey about the sound of living in an urban environment that doesn't happen as often when you're traveling out to like rural pennsylvania or rural kentucky to go on hunts you know like something that reminds you of home like I think, okay, here we go. Here we go. I think there is a busker that plays outside of, I don't know, like there's a busker that plays outside of um, Penn Station that, you know, every time Bev goes back home from like lower Manhattan, whatever, does that work geographically? Geographically, no. (laughs) Yeah. Going from lower Manhattan to Jersey City, you would be taking taking the financial district path back to um like the jersey city side like you'd be going you'd be taking the path from um exchange place to world trade center yeah like if you're in lower manhattan if you're in like hell's kitchen that's where you'd be yeah like if if you were in greenwich village okay so let's change it from penn station to like something else that makes sense christopher street station sure um, I particularly suggest Christopher Street because Christopher Street is in the extremely, extremely gay part of Manhattan. Um, like, Stonewall Inn is on Christopher Street. Um, there are a lot of queer homeless encampments on Christopher Street and in that area during the, like, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah, like, Green- Greenwich Village area, Christopher Street. And that's also, like... Yeah, you'd be that. That would yeah. We're 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 there. Sorry, I'm gonna have to New York, New Jersey police you with this character. Do it. I would rather it be. I would rather it make sense. Okay, so there is a busker that plays outside of the Christopher Street station. That like every time Bev has gone back home from visiting the city, like that is a sign that they're like at most 20 minutes from home and it's like it is a comforting sound mm-hmm. um i don't think necessarily that it's something that i'm going to hear when i'm traveling but like if we hear it like if you know this busker happens to be uh or like you even if it's just hearing a like a particular song that you know they played a lot sure. you know there's merit 
to that reminder of something comforting. So that sound, yeah, so it's the sound of busking in general, but in particular, the like, is it, um, is it a particular voice, like a a quality of voice, a certain timbre? I think, like, say it's even like an old, not old, like, like late 50s Chinese immigrant Mm -hmm. plays like pop songs on the mandolin. Okay. That's a very neat sort of a... That is very specifically a reference to a guy who I passed every single time at fucking station was that. He was, he would, he was around a a cluster of stations in like Scarborough. Okay. I appreciate the real life reference in that case. I'm not thinking of the right instrument. Okay. So it's not a mandolin. An Eru? Yeah. Okay. That's rad. Yeah. Uh, What makes you feel most confident? Is it something physical or mental? Do you have difficulty feeling confident? (laughs) Oofa doofa. Let's ask, is it something physical or is it something mental that makes you feel confident? I'm not sure what the difference, like what, what does it mean by physical? Well, like an article of clothing that makes you feel confident or um, a hat, which is, I guess, an article of clothing or an accessory. Whereas physical, sorry, mental would be... Something mental would be like your security of self makes you feel confident. I know there's a wide gap between a hat that you think you look good in and security in your identity, <laughs> but I mean, like, it could be anything. It could be like a sort of, it could be something like a pressed penny that like, you know, touching when you're in a stressful situation gives you like a little jolt of confidence or something like that. It doesn't need to be grandiose. It could be something really mundane. You know, it, like I want to say it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay. Um, think I feel most comfortable, like physically, when like I look good. Okay, so clothes, like looking good, gives you confidence. Yes, and I it's not from a like a I like having the best fashion kind of standpoint. It's just what makes my body look good. You know, like I don't have a specific aesthetic or anything like that. Eh, Less aesthetic, more like I don't have a specific single article of clothing that makes me feel confident. It's just whenever I look hot or put together. So it's the act of composing an outfit. It's the act of taking care of myself, putting effort into how I look. Right. It's less about... It's almost less about the way that you particularly look, and were that. It's about the intentionality behind. Right. It's about taking the intention to put time into yourself that gives you that confidence. Yeah. So, do you have difficulty feeling confident? Who me? Bev, a trans person living in 2024. Okay. So yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I do. Um. Bev, Bev definitely has trouble feeling confident. Um, and the thing about the, like, feeling put together is she could wear the same outfit, mm-hmm. like, on different days. One day it's going to do it. The other day it's just not going to work. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like that. Um, okay, so our next question. And then after this one we'll do, like, maybe one or two more. Okay. 
Um, more than anything, what is your greatest desire? What will it take to achieve it? And what would you give up to see it realized? Put another way, what gets you out of bed? And I don't think it needs to be something grand or anything like that. It can really just be like the answer to the question, what gets you out of bed every day? Ritalin. Okay, your greatest desire can't be stimulant drugs. To help people. Bev's Bev's greatest desire is to help. Okay, so is that, um, like... What will it take to achieve it? I think I think that's just a matter of putting the time in. Like, it's help whoever you can as directly as possible. Um, and that's just a matter of getting up and doing that every day and working towards finding better ways of helping people how they need to be helped. Like, how they themselves want and need to be helped. So, you know, in effect the old letter tanny quote of when a friend asks you for help help them but for you it's like you you get up with the goal of just making a difference in someone's life it's it's not so much like a grand desire to fix the world it's less a fix the world by fixing individual people's problems not for them but like Helping them, like, do the things they need, do the things they ask, give them the things they need to help themselves. Right. From what I'm hearing from you, it's less give people the help they need, and because that kind of can come across as, like, a little overbearing almost. Or, like, presumptuous. Yeah, like... It's, it's, it's be, be available to help people in the ways that they ask for it right it's not giving unsolicited advice or what have you it's it's it is to a degree being the person who says well there care girl let's pump the brakes no 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 because that was technically unsolicited advice that was not requested it was needed it's it's being willing to roll up your sleeves and do the things that people ask of you. It's the willingness to say yes when someone asks for help. That is more like it. What would I give up to see it realized? I don't know Bev knows that. Okay. I don't think you need to know that. Especially because it's not like slay the dragon type of goal. It's a far more active ongoing goal. The things you have to give up maybe aren't quite so grandiose they're the little things there's the it's the waking up at like 4 a.m when you got to bed at 2 because oh shit someone just like it's maybe it's it's your friend is having a your friend is in crisis and they need somebody they need you there yeah it's that willingness to put aside the personal for someone else who needs that help and asks for it Okay, can I have you pick a number one through five? Seven. Three. (laughs) Okay, so our next question up is the five of hearts. Your hometown was famous for a great festival. What was the festival celebrating? What kind of festivities were there? How did this shape you growing up? We don't need to be specific to a real Jersey City festival. Garlic. (laughs) Okay. 
the honestly though um liberty State was... garlic festival sounds honestly kind of perfect <laughs> um it was uh, realistically i think it's just like a multicultural like street food fest where like all of the like local businesses like all of the local restaurants like get together and they just like set up barbecues and like stuff in mm-hmm. the middle of the street and everyone gets to experience great food and community and stuff like that yeah i mean like that that literally can it can be just that simple yep. and i think attend you know obviously attending something like that growing up you become a lot more chill with there, trying yeah, new foods there, there's you're really good at being like oh hey that sounds interesting i'll try that even though you have no idea what it is um yeah that's that's yep no i i like that a lot okay garlic one through four four that will be the four of spades oh well i asked you the wrong question before anyway um i asked you a diamonds question when i should have asked you a spades question it's fine it doesn't matter we answered that question we'll just... hey it, does, it really doesn't matter okay um better to have loved and lost who is your lost love yes no Feel free to veto. I mean, this ties into biggest regret, right? Sure. Um, my lost love is that friend that I lost contact with. Um, they were lost to me because, you know, life happened and then life didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I still love them. I, yeah, I you know, I think that's a perfectly reasonable answer. One, two, or three? One. Do you believe in love at first sight? Has it happened Do to you? Do you believe in life after love? That's a different question. <laughs> um, sorry, go on. Um, do you believe in love at first sight? Has it happened to you? If you don't, how do you feel about those who do? Yes, I believe in love at first sight. Yes, it has happened to me. And I don't discredit those who don't think that there is such a thing. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's a very reasonable... It, very reasonable answer you're effectively a, i mean like it, at the heart of this character i get the sense of a romantic not a like not like 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 um very specifically like like romantic in both a relationship sense but also in like a sort of byronic sense romantic poetry romantic heroes i don't necessarily know that that's true where relationships maybe so like the but like i i i make i i i prefer to use i i don't like romantic in the sense of like romantic heroes and whatever it's just bev is a lover Mm -hmm. romance has nothing to do with love necessarily right like you can be romantic without having love sure you can have love and romance but you don't need romance to have love. And love is the key factor, right? Bev, I think it would be more accurate to say that Bev is loving rather than right. Bev is romantic. So Bev, as he has come to be in the more actualized state of being, the, you know, Bev posts second transition effectively has a better understanding of herself in such a way that um like that understanding is that 
if you can express love in whatever small way you're doing something good. And I don't even know that that's necessarily like a post-second transition thing. I think that's just a... Yeah, I guess... That's just been a continuous thread throughout. uh, Yeah, I guess like the tipping point for me to in that regard, I feel like would be the wake-up call from the selfish, self-destructive behavior. Well, so so the key, the key, I think the key thing here is Bev has always been loving. Love has been a constant thread through Bev's life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just prior to first transition, so prior to first transition, Bev did not have self-love. Okay, I, that makes prior sense. Prior to second transition, Bev did not, so like, First transition allowed Bev to love himself. Mm-hmm. Second transition allowed Bev to fully realize who they are. Yeah, I like that. Okay, one or two? Two. Even the bravest of adventurers have fears. What is your greatest fear? What caused you to fear it? And how do you cope with? How do you cope when faced with it? And I think we don't need to answer that last part. I do, however, want to know what you think Bev's greatest fear is. Hurting people. Bev's greatest fear is hurting people. Um, think the things that cause have like it's it's there is no one thing that has caused Bev to fear that. It's just anytime every time Bev has hurt someone, it has been unintentional. It has never been with malice. Mm-hmm. And seeing somebody hurt brings brings him pain mm-hmm. like seeing people hurt seeing people hurt causes pain for bev okay and that like bev is highly empathetic in that regard mm-hmm. and so like they see people hurting and they hurt and if it is as a result of their actions that is the worst possible thing that could ever happen to them Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, okay, so for our last question, something a little uh, lighthearted. What's your hidden talent? How long have you been able to do it, and has it benefited you? <laughs> um, I think I figure that's a good one for that's us. That's a good to end one to go on, out on. It's a, it's a little flippant, a little yeah. silly. Like, can Bev juggle? Bev can identify extremely obscure sound effects and music from very um okay so like if you happen to be i don't know say watching the mandalorian and they reuse a stock sound effect from one of the early 2000s from star wars the phantom menace 1999 in originally released on uh the playstation one and ported to the p play uh to the to the pc yeah, and they happen to reuse one of those sound effects for like whatever reason. Or Bev would identify it. At pause, make us go back, rewatch the same thing so that we could see the very, 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 or hear the very, very minor inconsequential sound effect, and then pull up the actual sound effect on YouTube and play it again. Yes. Okay, so it is just a self-insert. Yes. <laughs> Um, which one is this one? Ten? No. Six. Has it benefited you? Absolutely not. (laughs) 
it's it seems a pretty useless talent. Will it benefit me? Probably not, but who knows? <laughs> I mean, like, I can see situations in which an encyclopedic knowledge of sound effects can actually be beneficial, particularly in, like, a, maybe a Scooby-Doo scenario, right? Like, a fake haunting, and you're like, no, I know this from stock sound effect library that belongs to, like, I, I know this sound from I the know Warner this sound stock effect library. From- from the uh, BBC uh, library that was released on tape in 1988, s- stock number three. Yeah, this is this is track number eight, pouring water. Um. So yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's Bev. Yeah, I think we'll, that's a fun little introduction to this character, and we'll learn more about Shrug's life as we go. Yeah, I, I think a lot of this stuff will start to come together as we get to play these characters, which we're very excited to do. This uh, is our last world-building character preview, unless I make myself play this game. Should we do that? So are you going to make yourself do the questions and answer them, or are you going to get someone else to do that? I don't know. I think it would be funny to have you go back and forth for, like, 90 minutes. (laughs) Just by myself? But, like explicitly from a gm cat to interviewing myself exactly a self-interview okay Okay. we'll 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 see about that uh thanks for listening we sure didn't wrong podcast (laughs) until next time live long and prosper yeah i'll I'll accept that uh until next time peace and long life yeah yeah i'm with on i'm with you on that those are both the things that vulcan say (laughs) I know, I know. Okay, I just want to like I was. Which one comes first, though? Is it peace? And long it's life? peace and long life. Then live long and prosper. Uh, anyway. Anyway, goodbye. Uh, bye. Chicks with dice is a production of Sosa's Media. To support the work we do, visit Patreon.com/SosaMedia. Session Zero is by Megan Cross, whose work can be found at meganlynftw.itch.io. Remember, the best way to help the show is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, or any other podcatcher, or to tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth is the number one way a podcast gains new listeners, and a close second is five-star reviews. The theme song for Disaster Lesbian's Guide to the Apocalypse is My Mommy Dom Spit in My Mouth and Now I'm a Commie by Over My Dead Name. Visit linktr.ee slash omdm, that's omdm, not omdn, for Allison's other work. And until next time, catchphrase to be determined. <laughs>